Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. You know, I I am overwhelmed uh, with honor and gratitude to be here with you today. And part of the reason is because I believe, and and I, I think that you would agree, that your best days as a church are ahead of you, not behind you. How many of you believe that? You know, I think you've got one of the greatest stories and, and histories that a church could have. I mean, it's just amazing what God's done. And, and we celebrate that. But let me just encourage you that, that uh, your greatest days are ahead of you. And God wants every single one of you to be a part of that. In other words, God wants to shape you and use you to help navigate the future of this place and what he's doing in the kingdom of God. I think sometimes what happens is is we kind of look at it and we're like, yeah, man, the church is great. But what we forget is the church is not a building. The church is you and me. You're the church. In other words, the the building you know, that sometimes we think is there, the building doesn't lift its hand in worship. The building doesn't surrender to God. The building doesn't go all in. You and I get to do that. We are the church. We're the ones that worship. We're the ones that go all in. You know, the building can't reach its friends for Jesus. That's what you and I do. Why? Because we are the church. And let me just encourage you at all of our campuses, those of you watching online, I'm just telling you there's more for you at every campus in this place. There's more for you. And we just know this, that what God is doing in you as an individual is important. And here's why. Because that's what he wants to do in the church because you're the church. So to allow God to speak to you and to shape you is allowing God to build his church. You and I are the church. So God wants to do more in you so that he can do more through you. Like, like Pastor Johnny said, we've been friends a long time, 26 years. He has been here, and we honor that. Uh, I'll tell you how old I am. When I was growing up, uh, the, the greatest video game like almost ever made was Super Mario Brothers. How many of y'all remember Super Mario Brothers? Come on. Like, you can take your... PS5, you know, your, your 256-bit games and high def and all that. You don't even know real gaming until you pull up a 1984 Atari, right? 8-bit. We're talking about 8-bit. I'm not even sure that was SD, much less HD. Like, that, that was nothing, you know, right? And so, we, I mean, I remember when I got Super Mario Brothers, I put that sucker in, and, and uh, I started playing. I stayed up all night long. Trying to, trying to make it through everywhere. There's eight different worlds, four different, uh, four different courses through, uh, through eight different worlds, 32 different, different levels. And so like you're working through this. I stayed up all night long, two nights in a row, trying to figure, I wasn't even into like world four at that point, you know? Like I was just like, this is gonna take forever to know all, there were pipes and little enemies that you jump on and squish, y'all remember that? And like coins everywhere and, and you go down into like tunnels and, and like, like you have to like, like jump on some flower. I don't even know what that's about. And then like, like a star comes and you eat the star. I don't know if you eat it or if it just hits you. I don't know. But then you start shining and, and going and, and you make it through all that stuff. Man, I was days, weeks, months before I ever finished in. But you know what the world record is for a person starting Super Mario and, and beating it? You know what the world record is? Four minutes and 54 seconds. Now, can you imagine if you were that guy? The game's not even fun anymore, Right? You've done everything and it takes you four minutes and 54 seconds. I mean, there's no more. There's nothing else. It's like beginning to end, it's over. Can I just tell you, aren't you thankful today that with God there is no finish line? 
you can never know him fully. You constantly, there are new, his mercies are new, his grace is new, his strength is new. There is something he wants to do in your life that he has never done before. With him, there is no finish line. And I just want to encourage you, if you've known the Lord for decades or days, keep going in your faith. Do not stop. Do not put your faith in neutral. Don't put it in park. Man, press forward and push past all the other stuff because here's why. If you can keep your faith in God, God wants to use you to take giant steps forward. And some of you today, you may even be here and you may go, well, you know, about faith, man, I don't know if I've got that much faith, like I'm kind of new or maybe I've struggled. Can I just tell you that small faith in God makes a big difference in life. If you'll just tap into that little faith you do have, I promise you this, God's gonna grow you. And when he grows you, he grows the church. And so I wanna take you to a passage in 2 Kings chapter six. If you'll open your Bibles, 2 Kings chapter six. I, I wanna kind of give you a little summation, set up the story a little bit, but I believe God wants to speak to us today through uh, a man named Elisha, who's a prophet, Elisha, and what he encountered in 2 Kings chapter six. I believe God's got a word for you today. If you'll open your heart and your spirit, I just know that there's more that God is setting you up to do as a church, and that means you as an individual, you as a family. And so we set up this story. Here's where we find Elisha. In just a moment, you're gonna find that Elisha is fully surrounded by the enemy. It's easy sometimes to feel that way, isn't it? It's easy to feel attacked and, and surrounded, but here Elisha is fully surrounded by the enemy in the story that we're about to read. And what had happened was the king of Syria wanted to attack and defeat, destroy Israel. And every time the Assyrians would like launch attack and they would, uh, you know, launch an effort to defeat Israel, it was like Israel knew what was coming. They would go and they thought, the Assyrians thought they were surprising the Israelites, but they weren't. Every single time they were ready for it. And so the king of Syria did what, uh, you know, you and I would do. We, he jumped on Facebook and started going, what is happening who is telling our secrets, our battle plans? You know, he, he opened Twitter up and said, I need to start a poll. Who do y'all think the, the person that betrayed us is? You know, he got on Instagram and started like live video and going, hey guys, we just need to straighten every time we go. And so it turns out that all of his leaders were there and they were saying, look, uh, you know, it's not any of us, it's not any of this. Actually, there's this prophet of God that is hearing from the Lord and telling Israel all of our plans. And so every time we attack, the Lord is downloading this stuff to this prophet and he's telling Israel that's how they're able to catch him. So then he goes, well, we gotta destroy Elisha because if we can destroy Elisha, then we can catch Israel and destroy her. Everybody caught up on the story? So this is where we kind of enter in verse 13, 2 Kings chapter six, verse 13. Powerful story, you gotta get this, all right? So sit up straight, man, and, and just dive into the word of God. It's living, it's active, it's unbelievable. Okay, so 2 Kings chapter six, verse 13 says, this is the king of Syria. So the story set up, here where we are, and he tells his, his uh, leaders, he says, go find out where he is, meaning Elisha, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. So they figured out where Elisha was. So the king of Syria is going, if I can kill Elisha, then, then I can stop you know, the army of God. So then in verse 14 he says, then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there to Dothan. They went by night and surrounded the city. So the scene is, here goes the king of Israel. They sent this parade of, of soldiers, this, this regiments of soldiers and horses and chariots, and they surrounded the city where Elisha was. And the Bible says, when the servant 
of the man of God, so the man of God was Elisha, the servant that was traveling with Elisha, uh, got up and he went out early in the next morning and the Bible says an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Well, rightfully so, if he was surrounded, here's what the servant replied. He said, oh no, my Lord, speaking to Elisha, what shall we do, the servant asked. And I like prophet Elisha, I like his response. You know what he said? Don't be afraid. Can I just tell you, whatever you've walked in here carrying, whatever battle you're walking through, whatever you feel like culture has, has run rampant, wherever it feels like, man, you're losing, whatever it feels like the enemy has launched an attack on your family or your marriage or your finances, your job, your own mental and spiritual state, can I just tell you, I believe the word of the Lord today would be this, don't be afraid. How come Elisha could say that to his servant? Because he knew no matter what was surrounding them, God is still in control. And can I just tell you, it doesn't matter what this world does. I mean, it does. But it doesn't matter what this world does. It doesn't matter what attack. I mean, all of that matters to God. But the biggest thing you can set your eyes on is the fact that God is with you. What, as a matter of fact, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. I'm a Hollaback preacher. Y'all know Hollaback girls? I ain't no Hollaback girl. But I am a Hollaback preacher. So it's okay. Y'all can clap. Y'all can talk. Uh, but so, so watch this. He says, don't be afraid. And then watch what he says to the servant. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Come on, that's a word for you today. And I want you to know this, the vision that God has given this church at all of our campuses, those watching on, the vision God has given you as a family and, and, and wherever it is that you're journeying and, and joining with us today, you gotta know this, that, that God's got a vision for you and that vision may seem impossible. That miracle may seem improbable. The healing may seem like it's drug on for decades, but I'm here to tell you there is more with you than whatever is launched against you. Keep praying for your kids. Keep believing for restoration in your marriage. Come on, stir up a little bit of faith. Why? Because small faith in God makes a big difference in life. So Elisha, he says, he says there are those, those who are with us are more than those who are actually with them. And then Elisha prayed a prayer. And he said this to the Lord. Elisha said, open his eyes, talking about the servant, Lord, so that he may... See, Now we know that isn't like physically see because obviously he already saw the enemy was there, but he was like, let him see, God, that you're with us and you haven't abandoned us. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked to the, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Army of heaven was surrounding the enemy that was surrounding them. Then the Bible says, as the enemy came down towards him, Elisha prayed a second time to the Lord, called out to God, and he said, strike this army with blindness. This is a great story. You gotta read the rest of it. And it says, so he struck, so God struck them with blindness just as Elisha asked. What a great story. And Elisha begins to go, and restoration happens. It's a pretty cool story. You can read it, but What's buried here in this passage is some uh, faith encouragement that I wanna give you today, and it's so important to see because what the servant couldn't see, Elisha knew, and so the two of them approached the same issue drastically different. I don't know if you have ever lost anything. It's nerve-wracking. Lose your phone, it's like 
leaving the house naked. You know what I mean? No one wants to see that. So like, like I'm like, you know, I, I live with a group of uh, my daughters. My, I live with a household that is constantly losing things, constantly. I don't know if you can relate to that, but I, I'm like, I just am a firm believer uh, that, you know, it's godly to be on time. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a matter of fact, that's in the Bible, Second Opinions chapter one. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, like it's there. And so I'm ready to leave. Early's on time. It's godly. I want to go to heaven. That's the only way you can get there. So, so I'm like, okay, we got to, that's a joke, by the way. Don't nobody go, what? Do we have to be early to go to heaven? That, this is a joke. And so we're ready to go. And, and oftentimes my girls come down and be like, I can't find this. I've lost it. Someone stole it. I'm like, what did they steal? They stole it. They stole my keys. They stole my phone. They stole my sock. I can't put my shoes on without my sock. I'm like, what do you mean sock? Well, I've got the one. I don't know where the other one. Someone stole it. I said, hold on just a second. So you're telling me someone broke into our house, passed the TV, passed all the laptops and the iPads, and they went and found your left sock that has a hole in it. That's what they wanted. That's what you're telling me. My kids, yes, they stole my sock. I'm like, they didn't steal your sock. It's right there. It's somewhere. And they're like, no, Dad, I've looked everywhere. They're mad at me. And I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do. I do this every time. They could finish the sentence if they, I go, here's the deal. I'm going to go look for it. You said you looked at it. I'm going to go look for it. But if I find it, you owe me $500. <laughs> and you got to do the dishes for an entire year. You ready? You want me to go find it? Or did someone really steal it? And inevitably, no matter who it is, they go, you know what, give me a few more minutes. I'm going to go look again. And sure enough, it's right there by the couch. It's right there in the cushion next to the It's right there on the floor. It's literally like behind a chair right there in the den. In other words, it was there all along. Some of you are freaking out about what the enemy is doing in your family, your kids' lives. Some of you are stressed. You're overlooking the most important thing that hidden in plain sight is the presence of God. You are not alone. God is with you. Some of you just need to go back and look again. You need to look at that situation again. Yeah, the enemy's there, but look again. Elisha said, open his eyes. He sees the enemy, but hidden in plain sight is the presence of God. Let me just tell you, you are not alone, Faith. You are not alone all, wherever you're watching from. You are not alone. God is with you. And here's what I want you to know. Your greatest victories are on the other side of your faith. Faith is knowing something that you can't see physically. And when you step out and obey God, when you step out and trust God, whether it's with the tithe or serving or jumping in full, uh, you know, full, full throttle with worship and, and surrendering to God, you've got to recognize that your greatest victories are on the other side of your faith. Step out in faith and trust God. So buried in this passage are a few things that I feel like the Lord wanted me to share with you to encourage you today. Is that okay? So you can either write these down or stare at me. Either one works. So you ready? I just want to speak some life into your spirit today. If you're going through a tough time, praying for a healing, if maybe you're dealing with anxiety and depression, maybe just the state of the world and culture has got you in a situation that, that you feel like you're losing rather than winning, I just want to breathe life to you today. And honestly, what I feel like God's told me to do is come here and say, come on, open your eyes. God's with you, Faith. God's with you. Number one, the first truth today that I want to 
drive into our spirits today is, number one, the enemy may surround you, but he cannot stop you. The enemy may surround you. You know what? No one's saying you're not really going through a trial. No one's saying that you're not really struggling. No one's saying that you're not dealing with depression. No one's saying that you haven't been, that that it's not true, that you actually are joyful when you haven't been joyful in years. No one's saying that your kids are great wandering off from the faith. No one's saying that none of that's true. What we're saying is this, the enemy has surrounded you, but guess what? He cannot stop you. Because scripture says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I want you to know the same power that raised Christ from the dead actually dwells in you. The enemy is powerless. You know what his only tactic is? When he surrounds you and attacks you, what he's really trying to do is distract you. And what he's trying to do is get you to live in fear rather than trusting him and living as an overcomer victoriously. He's trying to get you to dwell in fear and to hang on to fear, to hold back God's tithe, to hold back your time of serving, to hold back the things that he's asking you to do simply because out of fear, I want to hoard, I want to hold. But I want you to know this, that which outnumbers you does not outnumber God. The reason the enemy is powerless is because God is with you. And just like Elisha told his servant, there are more with us than those who are against us. The servant woke up, the servant walked out of, its tent, out of his tent, and he walks outside and he sees an army of soldiers. What he didn't see was on the other side of that army was the army of God. In other words, he saw two circles. He saw him and Elisha were in trouble. He saw a second circle of the enemy. But what he failed to see was that even though the enemy was surrounding him, The enemy was powerless to stop them because God had created a third circle around that which encircled them. And today, let me just encourage you, there is a circle of heaven that is surrounding you and your family, your kids, your finances, your job. Walk in victory and in faith. You're an overcomer. I think the problem is sometimes we live in fear. And you probably heard that fear is the opposite of faith. But the truth is, fear is not the opposite of faith. Fear actually is faith in the wrong thing. So I want you to get this because sometimes we think, well, man, I'm not really, like, I'm not, I don't have much faith. No, you do. You're just placing your faith in everything that could go wrong. You're placing your faith in that the enemy is more powerful than God. Now, you wouldn't word it that way, and neither would I. But, but fear is faith in the wrong thing. So my question is, what are you living in fear of that you need to transition that and put that faith in God? Is it your future? Is it your retirement? Is it where you're gonna go to school? Is it what's happening with your kids or your family or your future? Can I just tell you, God is not done with you. He has, he has gifts and talents that he's given you, but it's so important for you to recognize that there is vision that he's called you to. The enemy may surround you and he may be fighting you, but you are not called to live by fear, but rather faith in God. And let me just be honest with you, it is easy to feel attacked. It's easy to feel like things are going the wrong way. It's easy to feel like the enemy has your number. It's easy to feel like the world is winning. It's easy to feel like the agenda of culture is being shoved down our throat and there's nothing we can do about it. But my challenge to you is this, we stand on the word of God. The word of God is our truth. It's how I live my life. It's how I I build my marriage. It's how I build my future. It's how, if I'm a young adult or a student in this place, it's how that I have success and favor and blessing is I live according to God's truth. See, there's only one truth. 
And that's God's word. And we stand on God's word. And we build our life, not based on how we feel, but based on God's word. That's why James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he has to flee. Because, because even though he surrounded you, he cannot stop you. Some of you just need to get some scriptures. And like my wife and kids, they do this all the time, is they'll, they'll write out scriptures that fight what they're fighting and they'll put it on their mirror where they brush their teeth. And every morning and every night when they brush their teeth, they're reading that and they're fighting. They're standing on the word of God to fight whatever is going on in their life. I love that. It's saying I'm going to live God's way. It's like, I, I don't know if you guys uh, have ever been to Chuck E. Cheese. Anybody ever been to Chuck E. Cheese? It's such great cardboard pizza. It's so good. So good. My, we used to take my kids there, you know, because there's a giant mouse that they were scared of and that's what you do, you know. And so... So we would go to Chuck E. Cheese, and my girls wanted to have their seventh birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, and so my wife said, yeah, we'll do that. So we hooked up Chuck E. Cheese and, and, uh, for the party, and they're twins, by the way, and, and so uh, we, we took them to Chuck E. Cheese for the seventh birthday party, and, and you know, they get, they get tickets and stuff like that. And you know, Chuck E. Cheese is awesome because you can spend a lot of money for a little bit of tickets and then turn those tickets in, but you have to have a lot of tickets. Uh, you know, like 900 tickets for a lollipop, you know, you know what I'm saying? You spend like three or $4,000 and walk out with a lollipop, but it was fun. It's the memory. So you're just building moments. It's what it is. You know, you can spend you know, $20,000 and, and get like 3,400 tickets, and you can get a glow stick that'll last for about 10 minutes. It's pretty cool. You know, and so like they were trying to get that stuff. And so their birthday party was there, and uh, they took, they had a little area for that, and they had this little like, box. It's like a phone booth, but it was all clear. It's like plastic, you know, and they stick the birthday kid in there, shut the door, and the, the bottom is filled with Chuck E. Cheese money, you know, and so then they flip the switch, and the air pushes the money around. It just flies all around. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so the birthday kid gets to go in there and see how much they can grab and show it in the pocket. So I'm watching. We're watching kids do this up to this point, and it just hit me. They ain't doing it right, and so I grab my daughters. I pull them over, and I say, hey, baby, look, Okay, they're going, the floor's going to be full of money. Here, here's what you can do. There's one $10,000 Chuck E. Cheese check, and then there's one that's $5,000. All the rest are ones and fives. It's trash. You don't want that. Here's what you're going to do. When they open the door, you're going to walk in, and you're going to step on the $10,000 one. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's the gifts of the Spirit. It's wisdom. <laughs> Word of knowledge I had for him. And so I said, then take your other foot, drop it on the $5,000, and just stand there. Wait for it to flip the switch, and you're going to be tempted to start grabbing anything and everything. You're going to be tempted to just go, don't. Just stay still. I know the, the, it only lasts 30 seconds, but I promise you, just let them flip the switch slowly, bend down, grab the $10,000, fold it, put it in your pocket. Okay? 10 seconds have gone by. Don't even worry about it. Go down this side, pick up the $5,000, fold it, put it in this pocket. And when you're ready, make sure those are secured. Then grab anything else you want to grab, but that's where you're standing. So it was their turn. They were scared to death. They walk in there, and because they were so fearful, they just forgot that it mattered where they stood. And so they're like this. She was about to flip the switch, and I literally said, hold on just one second. I tap on the glass. Tick, 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 tick. And I said, hey, Jay, look at me. And Jordan goes, bump. And I go, Right there. She goes, bump. And I go, go ahead. She flipped the switch. Sure enough, Jay pocketed that. She walked out there with everything the store had to offer. You know what I'm saying? 
And let me tell you why she won. She won because she stood in the right spot. Here's what I'm here to tell you. You better stand on the word of God. When your way and God's way contradict, guess who's wrong? It ain't him. I'm not saying how you feel doesn't matter, but what I am saying is how you feel doesn't matter. Stand on God's word. If you do marriage God's way, you have 100% chance of success doing marriage God's way. If you handle your finances God's way, you have 100% chance of blessing and favor in your life if you stand on God's word. But here's the thing, culture has turned up the fan and things are flying all around and if you don't have your feet planted, your family, your kids, your life, your future on God's word, you're gonna be grabbing for anything that sounds good, anything you can get your hands on and you walk out losing. That is not how you win. Stand on God's word. In other words, I'd say it this way, stand on the truth of God so you don't fall for the lies of the enemy. So number one, the enemy may surround you, but he cannot stop you. Number two, second truth, real quick, from this passage, and this is huge. I I think this is gonna change somebody's life today, is breakthrough comes by operating in the spiritual, not the physical. Okay, I know that may not mean a ton to you right now, but let me just show you what I mean. The spiritual is more real than the physical. Here's our problem. Our problem is, in this world, We have learned to live with our physical senses and our physical gifts. Some of us are incredibly brilliant and wise and we know things and we're gifted and talented and our physical senses gets us through life a lot of times. It's how we drive, it's physically. The problem is that's not how you drive your life and your family spiritually. More important than your physical abilities and physical senses is your spiritual sense. Is your awareness in the spirit realm what God is asking you to do? Yes, that may be common sense, but what is God asking? Because what God asks is always more important than what you think is the right. That's why scripture says his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Because we live our life. That's why the tithe may not make sense, but we do it anyway because we trust him. And 90% goes way further than 100 It's why we, we, we lean into everything he asks because we live spiritually, not physically. Our problem is, is we're too dependent upon our physical senses and our feelings. But listen to me, we don't live our life by our feelings and our thoughts. We live our life by our faith. Small faith in God makes a big difference in life. And that's why breakthrough comes by operating in the spiritual, not the physical. In other words, it's not about your feelings. See, I don't make decisions about what I'm going to do on Friday night based on my feelings. My feelings will lead me away that my faith may not need to go. That's why I don't make decisions about my money or my time or my future based on feelings. I make it based on what I know God is speaking to me in the spiritual realm. Now, he's given me giftings and talents, but here's the other thing. I don't always feel like coming to church. I do it anyway. I don't always feel like worshiping. I'm just being honest with you. I'm a pastor standing on the stage. I don't, now, I do a lot because I love worship. But let me just tell you, there are a lot of times where I don't feel like worshiping. And sometimes I'm tempted to mail it in. But you know what I never do? Mail it in. You know why? Because my feelings don't get to dictate my life. My faith dictates my choices and my life. And here's what you gotta see. Breakthrough comes when you live spiritually, not physically. In other words, I don't worship when I feel God. I worship and then I feel God. 
See, your faith comes first before your feeling. And you've got to recognize that if you will do it, that's why sometimes when we walk into this place, I mean, you know, or we walk into our churches or we walk into a situation, whatever campus you're at, it's sometimes we're tempted to kind of, man, I don't know, and we mail it in. But if we live spiritually, here's what we know. It doesn't matter how I feel, he's worthy. It doesn't matter how I feel, he's always right. It doesn't matter how I feel, he's got breakthrough and healing for me. And if I walked into this place with faith in the front rather than feelings, then it doesn't matter how I feel. I know this, every time a band starts playing or a message starts coming, I know this is potential for a miracle. And the thing I've been praying for is ready to break through. See, instead of developing our physical senses, you know, my girls are in driver's ed right now and they're learning to utilize their physical senses to drive. I just wonder if we've forgotten sometimes to develop our spiritual senses in terms of our faith. In other words, what have you stopped praying for that you need to start praying for again? Where, where is it you've stopped surrendering and you just need to fully surrender? Where is it that you're tempted to go left when God says to go right? Where is it you need to get on a Bible plan and just begin to read God's word? That's why Ephesians 6 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world. This is our, our fight. We, we can't expect to fight a spiritual battle with physical weapons. Right? 2 Corinthians 10 says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage world, war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Listen, you can't fight a spiritual battle with physical weapons. And you've got to recognize that reading God's word, even if it's just for five minutes a day, you, and you, some of you may go, well, that's not very spiritual to only read the Bible five minutes a day. I, you're right, maybe, I don't know, but it's better than zero minutes a day. In other words, start somewhere and just develop the spiritual sense. And so much so that when Elisha, this is so key. Remember when the servant ran to Elisha and said, we're surrounded, remember that? The first thing Elisha does is he doesn't even address the enemy. He prays to God, God open his eyes. It was like Elisha knew the bigger problem was not the enemy, but the man of God right here living in the physical more than the spiritual. The biggest problem to Elisha was that his servant didn't know how to live in the spirit. Breakthrough comes by operating in the spirit, not the physical. And then the last thought, real quick, I love this, is when you call on God, God will answer you. Can I just give you that promise today? Some of you, you've been living with pain, you've been living with hurt, anxiety, depression. Some of you have been living with a broken, fractured, wounded marriage. Some of you have been living with doubt and anxiety and fear. I'm just here to tell you today, if you will call on God in this place today, I believe, I've been praying for you and I believe he's gonna answer you. I, some of you have been needing a healing for years or days or weeks, but I just believe God's gonna give you breakthrough and he's gonna do a miracle financially. He's gonna bring the answer to you today and here's why. Because when you call on God, God will answer you. Twice in the passage we read, when they were surrounded God, literally, Elisha said, God, open his eyes. He's got to start living spiritually because that matters more. More are with us than are against us. But then secondly, he said, blind the enemy. And God blinded the enemy and hid Elisha in plain sight. It wasn't just that hidden in plain sight is God in the armies of heaven. It was that then God ended up hiding Elisha right in the presence of the enemy. 
And I'm just here to tell you, whatever you're walking through, God is with you. Run to him, not from him. And let me say this. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. That's why Psalms 46 says, God is your refuge and strength. He is an ever-present. He's here right now, ever-present help in time of trouble. Whatever you're dealing with, big or small, he cares. Psalms 121 says this, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, period. And more is with me than are against me. Here's what I'm trying to tell you today is this simple thought. Jesus is the answer not an answer. Run to him. Keep running to him. Call out on the name of Jesus and watch what he will do in your life. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.